Blog Talk Radio. I mean, I do. It's my favoriteest intro ever. Because it's for me! And the Hanna Hunter show. Okay, not just me. There's other people here, too. I mean, there's Christy. And we have Mr. Jim Parker with us. right into it, didn't I? No, that was that was the biggest vampire. He's not here right now. He's a scary person. Oh, wait a minute. You're doing what's fun. Yes, but I'm a big chicken. I sit here behind the radio and everyone else goes and does investigations. I sit here. I act brave here. Okay? Don't go anyplace else, especially not to a lab. So we've got, what we're talking about tonight is the paranormal labs. This is where they make ghost assistants? Really? They've caught some? They've caught some actual ghost assistants? Yeah? No? Maybe? So the first thing you said, because I, you know, when we're doing a show, a lot of you guys out there know that I probably research the show about two minutes, or while my great theme song is going on, I'm actually, you know, getting uh, caught up on what I'm going to be talking about because, you know, I'm good like that. But one thing that, you know, uh, Christy said when I asked her, what the, what the heck am I talking about tonight? She said, the new fad that is the paranormal labs. I, I thought you said this is a new thing that they're doing. No. Because it's not new. No. Yeah, you've got, um, I mean, they've been doing this. The Stanford University down in California they had a paranormal lab going from 1972 to the 1980s. Oh, Duke University, another one, 1935. Okay, that's not new. Okay. Okay. Are you calling me a fibber? Yeah. A fibber face McGee. I never ever had a paranormal lab. I did have a golden retriever. We weren't too sure about. Yeah, we had a black lab, but the best lab I knew was our neighbors had a meth lab. <laughs> they didn't stay there too long. Make sure your fire insurance is paid up. Really? Yeah. That, and they kept trying to molest my puppy with their meth lab. I'm moving on. All right, so, Christy, tell us a little bit about these paranormal labs. These so-called paranormal labs. You caught that, did you? Yeah, a, little With bit. a little bit of splashes that came up with. A little bit, yeah. 
So no, what they do is like these paranormal labs are actually starting to take place, have been, and are starting to actually... See, you did say starting. That constitutes new. No. So what they're what they're finding though is in like especially in the University of Virginia, there's actual a few universities that actually do a whole parapsychology course for students. Okay. Is one of the professors named Doctor Beckman? No. So the, it says here the Division of Perceptual Studies, or they call it DOFS, at the University of Virginia. It's in their School of Medicine, actually. Um, well, that's funny. Yeah. I mean, I would not have guessed that at all. <laughs> well, it says here it was founded in 67 by Dr. Ian Stevenson, and it was originally called the Division of Personality Studies. What? So their mission was, it says here, the scientific empirical uh, investigation of phenomena that suggest that currently accepted scientific assumptions and theories about the nature of mind or consciousness and its relation to matter may be incomplete. Basically, what he's saying is the survival of the personality after death is something like the law of conservation of energy when it's applied to human consciousness. Um, okay. <laughs> so, basically... For the layman out there, go ahead and say that again. <laughs> no, I mean, I understand what you mean, but... For the others. Oh, yeah. But I'm just quoting, like, Dr. Stevenson here. He's basically saying that the perceptions that people have in the scientific community about life after death are erroneous. What does he have to back that up? I mean, does he have a paranormal lab? He does. Oh, good. Tell us more. Right. So what they do is basically there's a center for paranormal research, totally legitimate. It's an institution of higher learning. Okay. What they do is they have certain things. Certain students do different um, tests, if you will. They they study electronic voice phenomena. They try to study like. Um, full-bodied apparitions, they try to debunk a lot of what they are... What about voice and EVP? That's what I just said. Ooh, I'm dying! Yeah. That was an EVP we got. Yeah, that was a good Remember one. Remember that one? Yeah. So then they have uh, also have a um, Dr. Tucker, Dr. Jim Tucker, was originally a child psychologist, and he had had a lot of children reports... Um, did the like, diagnose touch them on their puppy feet? Oh, uh, no. What the child were like reporting either seeing deceased people. Did they eat Subway sandwiches? These kids? No. Okay, go on. No, they didn't hang out with Jared. Sorry. So these kids kept reporting we asked as Not this foot long! Not this foot long! <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. I'll be good. So as he was doing his uh, sessions with these kids, they were reporting either having visitation by ghosts, and he would kind of corroborate that with their parents on... You can't cover my microphone. <laughs> when the kids would report these things to him, he would corroborate it with deceased loved ones from what the parents were reporting to him as well, as well as kids were also um, reporting reincarnation or premonition. Were they saying that they remembered how they were killed? Yeah. And, and what happened before they... So they remembered their lives before and could in great detail and corroborate. Like, it, like he, he was having, like, two- to four-year-olds tell him how they lived their life, and he could find that in the history pages, and they could explain world events that were happening, if there were wars, if there were plagues, if there were illnesses that were widespread. And these two- to four-year-old kids were able to tell him these the things answer. as if they were living those lives. 
that's pretty crazy. So he ended up starting and also doing his own research as far as kind of into the paranormal. There was uh, very recently <clears throat> a young lady who had a heart transplant and she began to get horrendous dreams about herself losing her life when officials got wind of this and the psychiatric professionals began talking to her she was actually able to describe the murder of the heart donor. That's a movie. That is that's a movie. Yeah, that's and a movie. that shows that there is memory in other parts of the body rather than just the brain. Wow, I, I really don't even have anything smart else to say about that. That's kind of cool. <laughs> that was um, very neat. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, I could probably think of something, but, you know, why would I? That's actually cool. So if you also think about, like, these paranormal um, labs, if you will, a lot of people don't think that in the scientific world that they're very open-minded to allowing students to do full-on college projects surrounding the paranormal. And a lot of people are like, oh, that's, you know, they're never going to sanction that. But there have been actually here that I'm seeing, there's 13 university-sanctioned paranormal research projects. Wow. That they have been able to, over the years, have students actually do paranormal phenomena into their college studies. Yeah, but some of those are from <coughs> the 1930s. Right, they're and, older. Yeah, and some are so as recent as uh, 2010. Right, so saying here, the one of them is, is like you said, Stanford University mm -hmm. from 1972 to 1980. They had um, a lot of paranormal research take place in Stanford. They did a lot of ESP and psychokinetic type stuff there. They actually, you know, this isn't a joke, they, they did a lot with the cards and that whole electric shock thing what? that they saw, you know, the, it was actually based on real investigation. Right. And that's what ESP, you know, they, they have that extrasensory perception and psychokinesis, which is... I knew you were going to say that. Did you? I did. I oh, knew. well, good. You probably went there. No, I didn't but, have to. Maybe they're going to have electric shocks. I said no. <laughs> but they did do, it says here, they did do rigorous scientific exploration into the abilities of these, of the famous spoon benders or all those kind of tarot readers and those and kinds James of things. And Randy still has a million dollars yeah. floating out there for the first person who can prove to him that he can do psychokinesis as he is. So who was the spoon bender? Gary Geller. No, or, yeah, Geller, Geller. But he was yeah. found out to be, you know, a big so there is no spoon. Well, see, we didn't want to mess with James <laughs> Randi. No. Yeah. No. But then, he was the magician who made up a lot of those tricks. You get it. Yeah. But also, even in Stanford as well, um, there was a CIA-sponsored Stargate project. Oh. CIA sponsored this project at Stanford University, and it says it took place there in the set 1970s. Okay, so the secretive project was an effort by the CIA to explore the practical applications of remote viewing. They were trying to do like astral projections. They were wanting people that had psychic abilities be able to remain in the United States, but astral project into, you know, um, other other countries or yeah, into other leaders. Yeah, and so. During the, it says here, unfortunately, during the mid 90s, the Stargate project research officially ceased due to claims that the project failed to yield 
useful applications. And intended objectives. Um, but the uh, word on the street is that that failure was exaggerated on purpose so that they really could use. I mean, I know somebody else still do it in secret. that astral projected. Who is that person? Was that person who had an out of body experience? Who was that person? I is there anywhere, anywhere close? Wow, you want to tell us about it? Why not? It's reality. Reality. It was on a day that I had myself scheduled to do a TV show. And when I had a show to do years ago, I would start wiping my mind very early in the morning back to my machine, and I would be talking to myself in the mirror, getting myself sharpened up. So I was all ready to go when the lights went on and the cameras were rolling. Well, I was on my way to the studio, and I got a rush call from a dear friend of mine about a conference two gentlemen were having. One of them was a PR man for the Golden Nugget, and the other one was uh, Jeff Burnside, a very right-wing conservative uh, radio talk show host. Well, neither of these guys were on my list of the greatest people I wanted to spend the middle of the day with. But I was asked by a friend if I could go in and try to mediate an argument the two were having. I went in, and I got wedged between the two in a booth in the Oriental Restaurant in the Golden Nugget. I couldn't get out. I was trapped back there. And they're arguing back and forth, and I felt myself going out through the top of my head. I thought I had died because I could fly. I could move in all directions back and forth, but there was always this, like a rope or structure connecting me to my body, like a rope, like I'd be a rope flying back and forth in the room. I was able cord. to go, yes, yeah. right. I was able to go behind two people who I had not much care for and look at each one's notes on this particular subject that they were fighting and arguing about, I looked at both the input and negative, the positive and negative each, came with a little positive of each into my mind. I came back into my being, and without my consciousness of speaking, I laid out a program that was right down the middle of the road for both. They looked at each other, shook hands, and it was all over, and I was back. I have tried to do that again. I have Especially not at a poker table. Now I come in handy at a poker table. I haven't been successful, but I had a friend who could do it. She claimed on command, and that was the great white witch, Sybil Leake, one of Britain's most famous people who was in the paranormal. One thing she did that nobody can deny, she went off, I think it was in the Atlantic Beach, in the Atlantic Beach in Florida. She went offshore, not far, just enough to get her ankles wet, pointed to an area Our show took off out of its own head and flew someplace else and it finally came back. Yeah, our, our show went bye-bye. It astral projected itself Offline. That's what it did. That's yeah, my story. Scary. I was talking about my friend, the Great Witch, and she has passed away. That may be her talking. Maybe, maybe she didn't like being talked about. 
She didn't want anyone else to know where that Spanish galleon was. Well, that's all salvage, yeah. That's it? Well, maybe she, she wants to tell us about another one. Oh, as far as far as we know. Are we working now? Yeah. Hey, that was fun. Hey, let's let's disconnect again. No. <laughs> so tonight's show is about paranormal labs. And uh you had uh, some information on some of the other studies. We talked yeah. about the University of Stanford. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Mr. Parker talked about uh, floating above the head of a couple people. Uh, it wasn't in a gambling game, though, so he didn't make out any money on that. But he did show up as a winner yeah. in their eyes. But they were stunned that you were you know, pretty perceptive of what their needs were in that regard. Yes. So, all right, so go on, Christy, because we... We lost a lot of our valuable time when the show took off and did its, you know, tour around the town and come back. So also they have, um, and surprisingly, a lot of these are like taught Ivy League schools, which makes other, you know, some of these findings or some of these studies even more head-scratching, if you will, as far as the scientific community is concerned, because a lot of people in the scientific community don't believe in ghosts and paranormal stuff. But Back off, man. I'm a scientist. Right. But Duke University has a parapsychology laboratory. Uh, they did a lot of studies from 1935 to 1965. So they were way ahead of the movie. See, these other ones come up after the movie. They all want to be Dr. Beckman. Yeah. This, this, this school was way ahead of the trend. So there's two guys, J.B. Ryan and William McDougall. Uh, McDougall. They, yeah, they, had a, they listened to a lecture by Sir Arthur, Arthur Conan Doyle on the possibility of communicating with the dead. He was also good friends with Houdini. Those two were rivals on the concept right. of life after death. So the men formed this parapsychology lab as part of the university's main psychology department. I think they're trying to talk to us now. <laughs> so the lab, their lab research focused mainly also on the study of ESP and, and psychokinesis. So they're kind of, Ryan, or J.B. Ryan is kind of today considered to be the father of parapsychology. Well, who's the mother? I mean, so we've got a, a, a child born out of a wedlock. Or we are, Apparently, yeah. No so. mommy. <laughs> but that, he kind of coined, he actually coined the term parapsychology, baby Ryan. So I guess maybe that's why he uh, got dubbed as the father. father of parapsychology. And then we'll move on to Princeton University. Princeton and Harvard both had uh, um, paranormal labs, if you will. And That's kind of interesting. Princeton had the Princeton Engineering um, Research Project from 1979 until 2007. Uh-huh. Um, so the, the basement of the engineering building was the homes of the Princeton Engineering uh, Research Project, or PAIR, which aimed to determine whether there was factual basis for theories in the mind matter. They also did ESP and telekinesis. So they're kind of just all kind of honing in on those same things. Um, Officially, it was expressed by the university administration to be embarrassment, but the program had actually claimed some success when it was all said and done, because they did it for 28 years by peer researchers, and they were able to compound data from many trials that did, in fact, reflect statistical deviation, what you could expect from chance alone. Well, it's funny that Princeton, Princeton was actually trying to, you know, determine if there was ESP. On the other side, the Harvard side, their whole yeah. studies were to disprove right. ESP. And they did theirs from the 90s yeah, to 2008. Yeah, Chris showed them their deniers. Talk about a rivalry. So 
So in the 90s-ish, whatever, the 2008, Harvard, they did brain scanning with the aim to decipher whether individuals would have knowledge which could not be explained through normal means. So like the five senses. They wanted to try to dispute the six senses, if you will. Okay, we have someone uh, in the chat room talking about something completely different than what, you know, we're talking about here. It's almost like, you know, should be fishing, should probably is fishing for, uh, you know, a different different storyline. Yeah, yep, yep, not the same, Skippy. Yeah, there's a different, uh, should be fishing, asked, is there a difference between paranormal and demonic activity? Yep. There you go. I answered. So, yeah, yeah, should be fishing. There is definitely a difference between paranormal and demonic activity. But that's not what the show's about tonight. Yeah. Thank you for playing. It's okay. No, it's all right. We answered. I mean, I, I give them, you know, I, I listen. I listen to you people out there. When you have a question, I'm going to do everything I can to answer and get you that, que that question answered to the best of my ability. Yeah. <laughs> you betcha. Yeah. But, no, yeah, it's all, all paranormal activity is not demonic activity. No, it's like if we knew uh, any investigations that we've been on, whenever it looked like it was demonic, where it was something that was a little bit out of our league, you, you could uh, rest assured that I would be running the other way. I mean, there are people that deal with demonic activity. We are not that group. No. 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 And there's not a lot that really are we're that not, are qualified. No, we're not really trained. And if should be fishing is part of a group, um, and he comes into or they come into, um, anything that's demonic, run the other way. Go fishing. You know. So go on, Christy. Anyway, so the University of Virginia is actually still presently um, running their program as well. Um, but they're, they're, they focus more on reincarnation and near-death experiences is what they're tailored to mostly. Yeah. Um, and like I said before, like all those kids were reporting all these different altered consciousness states and um, PSI type experiences, um, reincarnated type things, um, and they're continuing to do that research. Um, we have also the University of Arizona from 2006 to 8, and then the University of the Veritas and then Sophia are currently doing things. Uh, they also um, look into how people survive physical death, what happens to our spirits once our bodies physically die. Um, they kind of explored um, the existence of the personality beyond death. Yeah. To see what state of being the person, by like monitoring um, energy levels after a person passes. Okay, so now that they've got, because we're looking at... Uh, some high, um, re uh, highly regarded universities that are doing actual um, investigations into aspects of the paranormal. I mean, it seems like a lot of them are concentrating on the ESP thing, not so much ghosts, you know, paranormal, except for what you're stating now. Sure, yeah. And it's like, so what, now, I mean, we've been doing this for a long time. Um, we don't have a doctor. You have a, a degree in psychology. I have a degree in graphic design, you know, I mean, <laughs> It's like, I can draw your ghost, okay? I can prove that there's a ghost. Yeah, I just drew one for you. Don't you see it right there, Skippy? But, you know, seriously, about if you really wanted to get a degree as a ghost, you know, 
you investigator. Said, I mean, not, not, not a $25 one off the internet. No, I mean, one that has accredited, you know. There's actually the consular care the psychology unit that's actually. Do people laugh at them when they go up there to graduate with their little hats? They're based in the psychology department at the University of Edinburgh. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Um, Do they wear skirts too when they go up there? I mean, they have little shorts. They have little, little, little kilt. I have a kilt and I go after kilt. <laughs> so you can actually, yes, you can, and they do online courses. So you, do, yeah. you can qualify to do it online. online. But yeah. it is accredited university, the University of Edinburgh. Okay, so what is, what's your degree? If you're, if you're studying and you're trying to get a degree in paranormal investigation well, activities, could, what is that called? You would get a psychology degree. Yeah. You would be whatever, a bachelor's or a master's of psychology. Your emphasis would be in parapsychology. So you would still get a legitimate accredited science degree as psychology. So you, if you had a master's, you could hang out a shingle. And could you be a therapist to the ghosts? <laughs> I suppose you could if you okay. wanted to. Yeah. Like, okay. Yeah. You guys have been together over 3,000 years. I think that if you're not going to get along now, get the hell away from each other. It's not working, okay? What do you think? Think that'd be a good one? But yeah, presently what this, this place does is it also kind of highly focuses on ESP and psychokinesis as well. Yeah, so, um, but they did do... Um, they did do. They, they did do. They do do? Do do, you said do. <laughs> But it does say the Goldsmiths University of London also has... Um, Are they accredited? Yes. They also have the Department of Psychology as well also kind of test telepathy. Yeah. So in London, you can go to London and you can they focus more on telepathy, precognition, um, try to rule out coincidence. So you're talking about that joint telepathy test where two people look at it at the same time and see if they can link up and, and know what it is? Potentially, yeah. Uh, that one is. Or telepathy as far as being able to read people's minds. I knew you were going to say See that. See the cards. What's on the other yeah. side of the card? Yeah. What's right? your fist in my face just now? <laughs> and then they also study like altered states of consciousness. Like that was a good movie. Altered states. And I remember kind of, that. Yeah. And they try to see what people can sense when they're hypnotized. Hypnotized. I don't believe in hypnotism. I'm going to stick with that. All right. Well, that's the end of the show. That was Good. I like that show. That show is fine. Good. Yeah, it's, it's fine. It's ghosts and laboratories and making money. No, they didn't make monsters. I was all waiting to hear about the Frankensteins and stuff and the monsters and whatnot. Hey, if you want to see a good movie, go see the uh, uh, Frankenstein, Victor Frankenstein movie. It's actually pretty decent. You can see Harry Potter with a uh, with a uh, hump. With a cyst? With a cyst. Oh, that was nasty. Oh, yeah. All right, so that's it. We are out of here. And I want to thank uh, the Vegas Vampire, Mr. Jim Parker, for making an appearance. That was great. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Very welcome. Thank you. Thank you. And here we go.
Beware of the blob, it creeps and leaps and glides and slides across the floor, right through the door. All around the block, a splotch, a blotch, be careful of the blob. That's it, Bob Brown. 